Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Mike Ward has one of the coolest jobs in St. Louis, superintendent of the Gateway Arch National Park. Imagine telling people at a cocktail party that that's your gig. You're suddenly going to have a whole bunch of people hanging off your every word. But Mike Ward is a down-to-earth guy. He doesn't let his local fame get to him. Perhaps that's because he spent pretty much his entire career within the national park system. This is actually his fourth site. And he's here today to tell us about it. Mike Ward, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. So, Mike, you grew up in Springfield, uh, the Illinois one, not the Missouri one. That's that's pretty close to here. Do you remember the first time you visited the Arch? You know, it's hard to remember the exact first time because I went several times throughout um, my childhood. Um, But I I do recall for sure an eighth grade field trip that we took down that was kind of a... um, kind of a gift for, for being well through eighth grade at the end of it. And we caught a St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball game that day, too. So you sort of did the classic um, journey to St. Louis. You go to the Arch, you go to a baseball game. Do you remember thinking at that point, someday I'm going to run this thing? No, I really didn't. It, uh, it's been an incredible journey, and I've been blessed all along the way. But all I remember is climbing the stairs after getting off a bus and how hot it was <laughs> on my way up the stairs from the riverfront. But, I think uh, we can all identify with that thought as we head into the summer here. I mean, man, it's it's muggy in this town. <laughs> it is, it is. But no, and and also just thinking that it's just it was just an incredible structure. So. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to our conversation with Mike Ward and you have a question for him, this is your chance to, to join us here. Um, you can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Mike, you've got one of those unusual jobs. There's only one person in this town who can say, I'm the superintendent of this park. But I understand it was actually Springfield that led you into the national park system. Tell me how all that started. Yeah, so I, I uh, was able to get hired at Abraham Lincoln Tom, um, which is uh, a national historic site administered by the Park Service in Springfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And um, I started in a program called Youth Conservation Corps, where they took kids uh, in high school or junior or senior in high school or just uh, completing high school, and they they worked you very hard over the summer and introduced you to what the National Park Service was like and um, paid you minimum wage, but it was uh, it was a blast. You say you worked, they worked you very hard. What did they have you doing? Uh, you know, we painted miles of fencing. Uh, if you've ever been to the Lincoln Home National Historic Site, they basically it's Lincoln's home, but also includes all the neighbors that were around this land. And, you know, some of the historic fencing that would have um, not only surrounded the houses, but also handled livestock and things like that. But it just was miles of (laughs) fencing, literally. Also, the wooden boardwalk that people would have walked on back then before sidewalks. Um, And then we we got to work on on some of the historic structures there, and it was really grueling work um, during the same, very similar summer to St. Louis, only 90 miles north of here, so... Okay, so, man, if that's not something right out of, um, you know, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, there Mike Ward is painting the fence and um, doing this kind of classic Americana work. I, um, as some of you probably noticed, Mike did not have the best connection there by phone. We're going to try to fiddle with that here for a minute um, and see if we can get him connected a little better in a way that won't be um, annoying for those of you who are listening. Um, and we also do want to remind you that you can join this conversation if you have a question for 
for Mike Ward about what's going on at the Gateway Arch National Park. I think this is something that uh, that we all feel some ownership of here in St. Louis. And I understand Mike is, is back with us. Mike, can you hear me well at this point? I can. Thank you. Oh, you sound so much better. That's... <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, hey, trust me. This is part of what happens in a pandemic is we have everybody joined by phone, and sometimes the lines are better than others. <laughs> we're, we're learning a lot of new challenges. Boy, sure. we sure are. I could I could write a book. I don't know that anyone would want to read it. But so, hey, you, had, you were in Springfield. You had this cool job at the Abraham Lincoln home. I understand you ended up being there for eight years. Then you made your way to St. Louis um, and were at the National Park. Park Service's other big site here in St. Louis, which I feel like flies under the radar for some people. Um, this is the Ulysses S. Grant Historic Site. What brought you there? Uh, actually, that was my first permanent job with the National Park Service. So it, um, I had worked those eight years as seasonal and um, had been looking for uh, a place to, to really grow my roots in. And a job came open at, in uh, St. Louis at the Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, in the maintenance field, and I took it and became the first maintenance employee of the site and therefore the the chief of the maintenance division there at the site. So So. what's that like, trying to maintain a house? A lot of people in St. Louis have these old houses, but I imagine there's some unique challenges when it's also something with such significance. Oh, there was. It's an incredible asset there, and you're right. It's kind of a hidden hidden gem. Um, But there were five historic uh, structures there associated with Grant and his family. Um, And you know, I, I was able to actually be involved in a brand new park into the National Park Service and was behind a lot of the restoration that occurred to those buildings, um, along with several others that helped out. And it was uh, just a great opportunity, and we, we really fell in love with what we were doing. And, and uh, yes, it was a challenge, but um, if you go there now, you can see um, kind of a kind of a site that you, you can kind of walk through and... and really feel like you're you're back in that time. So we're mm. pretty proud of that. So at the time that you were there, um, this was something that was new to the National Park portfolio. Is, is that right? Yeah, it really started in 1991, and I arrived there uh, late 91, early 92, and um, went through um, early planning process on how, the, how the, the park would be established, what we would offer visitors, what we would do with the historic structures, and when I left there in 2008, the park was complete, and mm-hmm. uh, you know there was a great deal of folks who had had worked on uh, uh, establishing that. But it was uh, a, a wonderful uh, library and museum uh, open to the public, and also the house tours and and uh, just a great accomplishment. You must feel such a sense of ownership of that park, seeing that you were there during its its years of formation. And I want to get more people interested in going to that site, because, again, I, I feel like <laughs> enough people don't know about it. What is what is your favorite little piece or part of that park so we can lure some people there into checking this out for themselves? Well, the museum is incredible, and it's inside a, a you know, the historic barn. And that barn was actually ordered by, by Grant to be built when he was mm-hmm. president. Um, and we always kind of joked about the fact that um, he was sending so much information back on how to how to build that barn that they wondered what he was doing on a day to day basis as the president. So, <laughs> he was he was uh, micromanaging the barn build. He was he was and he and and you know we took what was left of that building and actually turned it into a wonderful museum and of course the house and one thing folks don't um, know too much about is that um, you know during that time period slaves were used actually on that on that site hmm. uh, to farm and also um, take care of the house. So there are 
there are two kitchens there, a winter kitchen and a, and a summer kitchen. The slaves would have been preparing food for the, for the house at. And that story is an incredible story in understanding that Grant and his wife, um, whose dad was a slave owner, along with, along with the, the Grants, um, actually had conversations about, you know, what the Civil War might be about. And um, it's pretty fascinating. So that's a, hmm. a great a great story there that most folks don't know about. So this family was kind of grappling with some of these issues, even as the nation was grappling with absolutely, them. Absolutely, absolutely, in concert with them. And, and um, you know, Mr. Colonel Dent, um, his father-in-law, and Ulysses did not, did not agree on that subject at all. So that's told very well by the interpreters there and some of the media that they have. So it's pretty incredible. I feel like you've done a great job of, of selling people on wanting to go check out this site. I know they're closed right now because of the pandemic, but um, but this will hopefully get some people there to, to go check this thing out. Now, after that, I know you went to Voyagers Park in Minnesota, and this is more like your classic national park. You're out there in the wild. It sounds like it must have been lovely. What made you decide to leave that to come to St. Louis and, and run the Gateway Arch National Park? Um, well, what what really my family brought me, family and friends brought me back to St. Louis. Um, my mother had just passed away, and my wife's um, father was in late stages of Alzheimer's, and we wanted to be around. Um, we felt like we had missed some of life and with those two things, wanted to support uh, my mother-in-law. But also, the job of uh, during that time was um, right in the middle of the large project that was going on, the City Arch River project and that really attracted me and the challenge was just something that I was very excited about and um, just like any other national park whether it was Grand or, or Lincoln Home uh, or Voyagers and then you know the arch and the staff there are, are largely seen by region and across the, the park service as just an incredibly professional staff and mm-hmm. I'm very skilled at what they do and I really wanted to be a part of that too. So when you came in, this $380 million project was already underway, but it wasn't clear at that point when it was going to wrap up, how everything was going to go. What was your biggest fear going into that situation? Well, you know, um, the project was kind of stalled in some ways, um, but in other ways it was moving along really well. And and I don't know that I had any fear at that point, but... um, No fear? No. $380 million, no fear. (laughs) Well, you know what? The partners that were involved in that and, and the fact that St. Louis itself, the city and the county, and, um, you know, $250 million in, in handwritten donations from people that live in St. Louis, mm-hmm. so partners. That, when you have that kind of interest in a project like that, um, you know, the... I just felt like it was so supported by so many people. My boss in the regional office and the national office of Park Service, including some incredible um, leadership from the congressional delegation, Senator Blunt and others from the area that were supportive of this project because they understood how important it was to the community and how important it was to the National Park Service. So I don't think I had any fears. I had some I had some um, concerns and challenges about how we were going to get from point A and point B, but as I said before, the staff that I have and the partners um, and the families that support us gave us um, everything that we needed to reach where we 
where we ended up. Hmm. Well, I think where you ended up, I, I just think it's sensational. I mean, the grounds are just amazing. And yet when you were last on this show, uh, this was a much briefer visit, but we were talking about a story in the St. Louis Business Journal about how visits were actually down following the site renovations. And it seems like the big thing we kept hearing from people is they feel like there's just not enough parking down there. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I think you and I talked about this. I know I'm a little skeptical. I think there's a lot of parking, but there seems to be this perception that there's not a good place to leave your car. What can you do about that? <laughs> yeah, we're looking at that in a lot of ways because it is interesting. And I think I said to you at the time, you know, people don't think about where they're going to park when they go to the baseball game, um, you know. and They just trust it'll be it, there. It's just natural, yeah. And and we, we are working with folks to try to, you know, increase that feeling of, you know, it's natural to park here to go to the arch. And, and honestly, they're the same places that people park to go to the baseball game. You so. think the problem is maybe there's just too many choices? Like people just want one I, gateway arch designated garage? We have heard that they at least want something that points them in that direction, especially the folks that are coming from out of town that don't know St. Louis that well. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes they do they do greater planning um, than some of the locals will. But <laughs> we are, that, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's exactly what we're looking for is a way to, to identify where those, um, identify better where those parking areas are. So. Okay. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Brad is calling from St. Louis, and he has, I think, a great question for you. Um, Brad, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. Um, my question was a little bit on the engineering side, but I was curious of how much sway, I understand there's a sway that's built into the arch in case of a storm. How much sway does it have, and what kind of wind velocity will it take before it would actually be taken down? God forbid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you know the answer well, to that? <laughs> I, I, well, I don't. I don't know the answer to to the you know before it would be taken down because I uh, you know I don't even want to think about that. But yes. I, I know that I know that it does. sway. So I believe it's um, sixteen inches, and I think that's eight inches in both directions. But I could be wrong about that. I apologize. Um, that's not a question that most people ask, although it is something that we normally talk about when they're actually up there and people start to realize that there's a little bit of movement. But um, just like engineering and bridges, you know, my wife is always afraid when the bridge starts moving, when you're moving slowly on it, um, or even in malls when you're walking on walkways. And I always say, well, if it wasn't moving, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so 16 inches, that's what keeps it from, again, God forbid, toppling over. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad, that's a great question. That is, uh, that's very sobering. I understand you have another question for us. Uh, just about the metal fatigue, how, it, how much, you know, there is this sway, so then there's movement. Um, does, it, does that wear out over time or get less? Is there any, do they have to restructure it and re, re-strengthen it in any way? No, it's kind of, I mean, from, from my understanding, and obviously I'm not an engineer, um, but I have people that work for me that would be able to answer this much better. And so, Brad, if you leave your email, I'll make sure that I get you, get you the exact, um, the exact answers. But, um, studies that we've done is that uh, there is no degradation at this point. There was some concern about corrosion in the past, and those studies were done. And, and um, you know, what we're seeing is that um, while it's aging and, and while it's um, actually taking on um, a skin that's a little bit di- different than what it, you know, was when it was created, it's it's still very stable, and there's no issues that we're uh, that we're aware of. 
Well, that's great to know. And Brad, our producers will get that email from you off the air so Mike can follow up. And, and Mike, thank you for offering to do that. Um, sure. Mike, in our last couple minutes here, I know things are just weird everywhere in America right now. And one of the things is that the museum is closed and the um, the ability to go up in the arch is closed. Do you have any sense of, of when that could lift for y'all? Yeah, so we're working on, we, we're just about ready to complete um, a plan that will actually phase just like everybody else is looking at. Uh, that plan will be based on the community and what's going on in the community and, um, you know, the numbers that the pandemic task force are seeing. Um, we we want to respect the governor's um, show me uh, opening. Mm-hmm. And, and but we also want to make sure that locally we're, we're following in step with what the city and the county are doing. And, and also what the National Park Service is is, uh, is doing across the country, and so we'll be we'll be working on the plan, and we should have it um, completed within the next few days, and then it'll go through an approval process. But it will most likely open in, in phases where we can open a little bit of the museum and allow folks in, and um, you know, of course, the last phase would be getting people up to the top of the arch because it brings some challenges along with it. So. Okay. So you are working on that, and it sounds like it's, it's just a matter of time at this point. People will be able to access this in, in some way um, in the nearish future. <laughs> a- absolutely. We want to we wanna be able to offer them whatever we can offer safely and um, both to our staff and to, the, and to the public, and that's our primary primary uh, concern and our primary mission is to make sure that everybody feels comfortable that they are safe while they're there. Well, I hope that um, that time will happen. That would be a good thing. Um, if, you know, if the region can prove it's ready, that's a good thing for all of us. And and I'm glad to see you're approaching that with some caution. And hopefully we'll yeah. all be able to get up in the air again soon. So, uh, well, Mike Ward of the Gateway Arch National Park, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.